there is not a more perfect time to get John McClain, Houston Chronicle, top NFL Texans reporter on the show. John, welcome to OT with Nick and Frankie. We've been very excited to have you on the show. And um, we're looking forward to all your insights on everything from your experience covering the Texans to um, to what's going on with the Deshaun Watson situation. So we really appreciate having you on. Guys, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. And John, thank you again. Um, it's a crazy time, I'm sure, for you, obviously, with not only Deshaun Watson, but everything going on with Jack Easterby and uh, David Culley, the new coach. We've been listening really to every kind of <laughs> outlet that you hop on, whether it's Sports Radio 610 in Texas or um, you know your your articles on in the Houston Chronicle covered the, you know covered Houston football for 45 years from the Oilers to like the expansion Texans, which is already what like 20 plus years, which is crazy to think. Um, so is this like is this moment with Deshaun Watson the craziest kind of moment in Houston football, or is is there something that you can think of that tops this one? Let me ask you guys, if you covered a team in which a, a player blew out his brains during <laughs> the season, if you, in that same season, a defensive coordinator threw a punch at the offensive coordinator during a game on ESPN, yeah. and the player missed a game because he wanted to be president, president for the birth of his first child, that season, <laughs> the 1993 Oilers was the subject of a football life on the NFL Network this season, this offseason, won't be the subject of any football lives for 30 for 30. I've been going through, I've been through seasons where people were killed, people drowned. Uh, this is not a life and death situation. So, and, and in this age of social media, everything's a bigger deal. Uh -huh. There's absolutely nothing going on with Sean Watson. Texas have said publicly and privately, they will not trade him. He's under contract. Through 2025, they love the guy. Everybody here loves him. Nobody wants him to be traded. He has not said why he wants to be traded. We've not, not heard anything publicly from him other than some cryptic tweets that people, first time I've had to analyze lines in a rap song <laughs> and, uh, after 45, in my 45th year. And so I've said all along that at some point, Watson and his agent, David Mulgetta, should should meet, socially distance, of course, with general manager Nick Casario, coach David Culley, and, uh, and explain exactly why he wants out and what he's willing to do to get out. Because if he misses camp in preseason, if we have a preseason, I read where it costs $3.6 million, then he doesn't get paid. If he misses regular season – his last salary is a little over $10 million, his base. Next year, kicks six to $35 million. So the contract would toll. He wouldn't get it. But if he came in for like four games, he could get credit for the season. So that would make it scorched earth ugly, hmm. like James Harden's exit out of Houston, which in which he showed up late. He was out of shape. He looked like he should be playing for the Texans. He played terribly. <laughs> he didn't put out much effort. Then he did a Zoom call in which he ripped the team. He got traded to the Nets the next day. And I don't – we could see Harden doing that after watching him for years. I do not see yeah. Watson doing that. But my opinion, guys, is this. If, if the draft comes 
And it's supposed to be a good draft for quarterbacks. The only team I believe that you should try to trade with is the Jets because it's the only team you can be guaranteed of getting the second-best quarterback prospect. And I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be Justin Fields because he's represented by Watson's agent. So maybe it's Zach Wilson. And a lot of people are saying Miami. If you make the deal with Miami, Nick Serio, who's in charge of everything here on personnel, you know the Jets, I mean the Patriots scouted quarterbacks last year because they needed one. And if Nick Casario thought Tua Tungvaloa was franchise quarterback, hey, make the deal with the Jets. Get back your third overall pick. But the problem with picks beyond that, the Jets are pretty good. They may be low picks. I'm sorry, the Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah. If you go with the Jets, you get the Jets, say, one and two this year, one and two next year. And they still got the ones they they got from the Seahawks. So the Jets would not be bereft of draft choices. And that just makes so much sense to me. If they wanted to throw in Sam Darnold to start um, until the second overall pick was ready, sure. But it's got to include more than two ones and two twos and Darnold. It's got to hurt. This is an unprecedented situation. Never in NFL history is a quarterback coming off his best season in every statistic who's under contract through 2025, who is a pillar of the community, been available in the trade. And it may be a moot point, but it's fun for podcasts, talk shows, sports writers. Talk, everybody loves speculating on it. John, yeah. what do you think the deal is going to be? What do you think What do you think the Texans would would uh, would take to, to trade Deshaun? Four ones, I've been hearing. Is that – You is can't that the, do that. You can't go – you could with the Jets, but you can't go – beyond three years on a trade. And if it was a Jets, you know, they could say, okay, we want both ones this year. We want both ones next year. We want both twos. And you can ask for anything you want. And it's got to, if they trade Watson, and they're getting killed because he wants to be traded here. Fans and media have not turned on Watson. They've turned on the Texans for putting him in this situation. And reportedly, the Jets are on his list of teams. Reportedly, Robert Sala, who was here for six years, he wanted Robert Sala to be one of the coaches interviewed. He never met Robert. He admitted he didn't know Eric Bieniemy, but he'd heard good things about him. And they interviewed Bieniemy in a Zoom and not interview Robert. It was Nick Serio's baby. He came to town and he had his list of coaches. He had five. He interviewed seven and he hired David Culley. Nobody else. It's uh-huh. Took a hell of a rest to hire David Culley. Could look like a genius, or he could get him fired in about three or four years. So um, whatever a team gives up for Watson, it's got to be painful. And they're going to have to think, do we really want to do this? But the thing is, say the Jets had to give all that up. They don't have to worry about a quarterback for 10 to 15 years. You can get back, say, another Quentin Williams. You can get back your second and first-round picks in three years, but you've got your quarterback for another 10 to 15 years. And the way guys are talking about playing into their forties, you might have him for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, we hear so much. And again, this is John McLean, the legendary Houston NFL reporter for the Houston Chronicle. We, we hear so much about this list, right? About Deshaun Watson, these teams he would approve a trade to or teams he prefers to go to. 
Have you heard, whether it's through the Texans or through the Watson team, is there A, really a list, and B, which teams have you heard that are on there? Would, would a deal, let's say, with the Jets – let's say the Jets aren't on this list, right? He doesn't want to play for them for whatever reason. If the Jets and Texans do finally get to talk and they agree to a trade, let's three ones and a player or whatever, and they, they go to Watson and say – you want out of here so bad. The Jets, you don't want to play for. It's the Jets or nothing. Do you think Deshaun okay is a deal to the Jets? Well, it would it would cost more than three ones and a player. I can guarantee yeah. you that. But he has a no trade clause. That's the key. I've seen reports that the Jets are one of the teams on his list, and right away I'm thinking, well, why? Other than they're in the media capital of the world, and Robert Sala, I think if say the Jets weren't on his list. I'd do everything I could to get Robert to talk to him because Robert would impress the hell out of him because Salah impresses the hell out of everybody when he talks to him. His players love him. He was one of the guys at one point, he was my favorite guy to get to come back here. They never even interviewed him. And uh, so I think that uh, could be that way. Could be. I think they need to be transparent. Say they asked for the Jets for something preposterous and the Jets said no. They probably should tell people, okay, this is what we asked for. They said, no, we're not going to give him away for anything less than the greatest deal in history. People keep talking about the Herschel Walker trade. When Jimmy Johnson traded Herschel Walker for a bunch of veterans, he could not disclose, based on the deal, that if he cut him, he got number one picks. He's talked about that. So at the time, they're like, okay, you give up your great running back. Uh, a pillar of your team in the community for a bunch of guys like this. Why? And Jimmy said he was dying to tell people and other than his staff, we cut these guys, we're getting number one picks. And that's what he did and turned out to be the greatest deal in NFL history. But this one on paper would have to be the greatest trade, whether it worked out or not. You know, 50% of the number one picks in the league don't work out. They end up getting traded or signing somewhere else. So whatever the Texans get with the Jets, they got to go in thinking, okay, only half of this is going to work out. And um, I see reports. I've had talk shows, podcasts from every city that needs a quarterback with people trying to get me to say, yeah, I think he'd go to Carolina. Yeah, I think he'd go to San Francisco. They don't want Teddy Bridgewater. They don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. They want a guy that guarantees them a quarterback. Uh-huh. And they could, maybe Tua, maybe Nick Casario loves Tua, and they get him and some others from the Dolphins. But I've been saying all along, I don't know. They say they're not going to trade him. Maybe they won't. Maybe we'll be talking about this in October before the trade deadline. The Jets and other teams still want him, and they think it's gotten so ugly that uh, they're going to deal him then, which would be ridiculous when you could have dealt him now or before this draft and known what you were going to get. And But it just makes more sense if you're convinced you've got to make a trade and that you start with the Jets. Maybe the Jets go with Sam Darnold, but I'm just guessing that Robert Sala, Woody Johnson coming home, Joe Douglas, this would be a trade for the ages. It would He'd be the best quarterback since Joe Namath. Uh-huh. He'd steal the Giants' thunder, and he would dominate the back pages and the talk shows. <laughs> and that's why to do it, you're going to have to open up a wrist and bleed to pull that off. Uh-huh. You sound like hey, a real fan, John. John. <laughs> yeah, he does. John, we really appreciate you. 
We really appreciate you on the show. My pleasure, guys. Anytime. And everyone, everyone watching the stream, make sure you like the stream and you subscribe to the U Stadium live channel. Uh, John, I wanted to ask you something now. Um, I saw you previously, you just mentioned Sam Darnold as somebody potentially that the Texans would acquire um, with the trade uh, with the Jets. Do you think that's feasible? And is Sam Darnold someone that you think on the open market or someone that is available for the Texans that they'd be interested in, in bringing in Sam Darnold and doing what you said, which is actually ironically what I said about a week ago and people called me crazy, which happens more often than not. But um, bring in Sam Darnold. And, uh, and take a quarterback with the second pick and have the quarterback sit for a year. Do you see that scenario playing out? It makes, it makes perfect sense to me because you up Darnold's stock and then you have the guy behind him at two waiting for a year. What do you think about that? Do you still- I have no idea what they're going to do, but Josh McCown is here. And you guys will know this better than me. I'm told that Darnold played his best when McCown was on the roster and serving kind of a player coach. And then when McCown left, Darnold hadn't been as good. I remember Darnold's rookie year. Texans played up there in December on a Saturday, and the Texans won, and Darnold played great. Uh I remember all the media, the writers talking after the game, man, that kid looked good. This is why they got him. And then for circumstances, talent, you know, talent, injuries, he hadn't been the same. I know Bill Parcells has been very high on Sam Darnold. So there's a reason he was drafted when and where he was. There's a reason he's been able to play some really good games. And it's not like he forgot how to play quarterback. So the team that gets him could get something out of him. Problem is, you're only guaranteed for one season. Do you want to pick up a fifth-year option? Say you make the deal and before the draft, and then in May – you got to decide to pick up that fifth-year option. Why would you do that if you took a quarterback second overall? So you know you're going to you maybe trade him at the trade deadline to a team that had a quarterback got hurt who'd be willing to, pick, to pay him a big contract even though they could lose him after that season. So there's a lot that goes into a Darnold decision. And I don't know what Joe Douglas thinks, but anytime there's a new coach coming in, um, and you guys know, if you use a first-round pick, especially a high first-round pick on a quarterback, it gets everybody excited. Mm-hmm. People talk, it's almost unfair to the for him to be the backup because everybody's going to want him to play. And so that would create a lot of excitement if they didn't get Watson, if they took that quarterback second overall. I think if they did that, I'd trade Darnold and sign some other veteran well, he was ready because he might be ready when the season starts, like Joe Burrow was. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So, we know where we're at in terms of Watson and his team. We think, you know, he's dug in. He wants out. He says he's never going to play here again. Texans are saying they're not trading him. What What will cause the Texans to blink in terms of saying, okay, you know what? We'll start listening. Is there something that Watson, in your opinion, has to do, or his agent, David Mulageta? Like, is there something? Watson goes on ESPN with, I don't know, you know, host A and says something about the organization that's not, it doesn't seem to be who he is. Um, like you mentioned, he's revered in, in the city. They love him. The fans are siding with him. Is there something that Watson is going to have to do or his agency to really get the Texans to say, we can't come back from this. We have to move him for the best offer. Well, first of all, uh Watson and Mulligan have not said anything public. All we know are 
what sources, unnamed sources close to Watson tell ESPN and the NFL Network. They don't tell us anything. <laughs> and But we know what's going on. The Texans, the only communication they've had is with David Mulligetta. And Mulligetta's made it clear he wants to be traded, and they've made it clear they're not trading him, and it's a moot point. And the media, of course, won't let it die because it's good for ratings and clicks, and, and we're not going to let it die. So if he's not traded before the draft, and I think maybe like April 28th, then they're going to dig in. It's going to be a staring contest, and it, I'm guessing, would go into the regular season. And if I'm the Texans, I re-sign A.J. McCarron and start him because they get their number one pick the next next year, 2022, and just go ahead and be terrible again and get as high a pick as you can. If they traded Watson, say the Jets, Jets are not going to be good right away. They're going to take them another year. So if they got the Jets two ones and two twos for the next two years, they could potentially have two top five picks with the, their own and the Jets. Their own could be number one. But they're not talking about that. You know, they're not saying anything. Their stance has not changed. My opinion is he's not going to be traded. This is going to go through the offseason, through training camp, preseason, into regular season. It's going to get really ugly. And I do expect at some point Watson to sit down with ESPN and the NFL Network. And usually if you want to talk your way out, you have to you have to attack an owner. And uh, and so I can't – knowing what a good guy Deshaun is and how he never says anything negative about anybody, it's all positive, everything he says. The closest he ever came to say anything negative was his last Zoom with us after the season. And when he said there's some people here think they have too much power. Well, we all knew he's talking about Jack Easterby. Yeah. We're talking about Romeo Cornell. And Jack Easterby has consolidated his power and got even more. Okay, the general manager, Nick Casario, is a close friend of his from New England, and he's his right-hand man. So Easterby's tentacles are all through the organization, and uh, that's the only time Watson has ever, and even though he didn't name him, that he's ever even hinted anything negative about anyone. So the Easterby and Casario relationship is a good one, obviously, coming from the Patriots. So there's nothing along the lines of Casario wants to do whatever he can to keep Deshaun here, as well as David Culley, obviously. But with Easterby and Cal McNair's pocket, or not pocket, hand-in-hand with whatever's going on, there's going to be no situation where a Easterby is going to be, let's say, fed up, and McNair is fed up, and he starts fielding calls behind Casario. There's going to be no... Absolutely of- not. Okay. Casario has in his contract, he has final say on all personnel. He hired the head coach. Cal McNair signed off on it. And the McNair family has never interfered. They put a lot of money in there. Mm-hmm. They want to know what's going on, but they never tell the general manager or coach what to do. That's the way they've operated since their first season in 2002. That served Cal McNair well when they went 11 and 5 and 10 and 6. But after that 10 and 6, Bill O'Brien traded DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm guessing Cal McNair didn't want to do it, but he believes you hire people, you pay them good money. You let them do their job. If they don't do it well, you get rid of them. He fired Bill O'Brien after an 0-4 start. So it doesn't matter when it comes to Watson. He's not going to tell Nick Casario, trade this guy or don't trade this guy. He, he hired Casario. It's his baby. 
Yeah, it makes sense. So, all right, so <clears throat> we know where we stand. Both sides are dug in. Well, Texans are saying to everybody, don't even bother calling, right? There's no no even, well, we don't want to trade him, but what are you offering kind of calls no, going none on? None of that. Because as soon as you do that, then it's out then, all over right. the country. Sure. So they're telling everybody, and nobody's calling right now. They already call. But you know, as you get up closer to the draft, they're going to say, okay, we'll add this, we'll add that. And it'll be interesting then if they ever actually listen. There was a report that they called about Wentz. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, they're not interested in Carson Wentz. And so they have done, they've been incredibly consistent on this, said publicly and privately they're not trading it. Watson's been consistent. He hadn't gotten back to Nick Casario or David Culley, the new coach. And so he's being consistent. That's why I call it a staring contest. That's why I think they should meet at some point, like meeting in the middle of the of the boxing ring. And if you can't work it out, go back to your corners. And uh, this is going to go on for a long time. John, what do you think it's going to take for the Texans to convince Deshaun to stay in Houston? I believe that if Casario and Cully and Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator, Watson loves, and Pep Hamilton, the quarterback coach, could get with him, okay, here's our plan. Lay it out. You know, you played great last season. We've got all our receivers. We're going to keep Will Fuller. We've got our tight ends. we got all the linemen. We need one. We need to get another running back because the running game was 31st. We're going to give you a running game. But we're going to overhaul the defense, and here's the plan. We got this much money to spend. We've got eight picks after the second round. We're going to try to add 10 or 11. We're going to work on the defense. We think a defense is a two-year project, but we think the offense and the passing game in particular is going to be great like it was last year. Problem last year, they has played as tough a schedule as I've ever seen. Teams that beat them were 57 games over 500. Five were in first place. They were two and eight in one score games after being eight and three in one score games the year before. And they came this close in the AFC South. Tennessee beat them on the last play twice. And in both games against Indianapolis, they were on the two yard line of the Colts in the last minute and lost two fumbles. So that's how close they were to being better in the deep in the division, besides just sweeping the Jaguars. So and that was because of Watson and the offense even though their running game was 31st. Their their defense, Watt's going to be gone, and whether they get a draft choice for him or they release him, he'll clear up $17.5 million, clear out the cap problem, give them more money to spend in the cap, and major moves are going to come from this organization. And I would just lay it all out for him. Here is our plan. Make it as comprehensive and tell him, you know, this is the plan with you. And that's why I say if he said, no, I'm just not happy here, I'm not coming back, and I know he loves Houston, and, uh, then they got to get together and decide, okay, what do we want to do? Do we want to force a guy to come back uh, late in the season so he can get credit for his season, or do we want to, to move on? There's another thing at play here. Union and a couple of agents run the NBA. Rich Paul, LeBron's agent, they dictate so much about where players go. The union runs baseball. The owners run football. And oh, yeah. so I would imagine, you know, there's all this talk now, Russell Wilson wants to say on personnel and that um, 
that there's going to be pressure on teams. Don't give in. Not the pressure, just we don't want this to be like the NBA, where a few agents control where players go. And, you know, as you guys know, almost every problem you see involving a player is money. And Watson's got $156 million extension. He cried at the news at the Zoom uh, when we interviewed him and brought his family and his Dabo Sweeney and some other coaches in there. He was happy. He was happy. Other than being frustrated at losing and finishing 4-12, the last time we talked to him the day after the season, he was pumped about the next season. And then it all started going south based on what we heard when they hired Casario without telling without telling him. When in essence, you guys know Nick Casario very well from the Jets going against him twice a year for years. The guy, there's not another personnel director more deserving of GM job. It's like when Joe Douglas, he turned down several opportunities because he wanted the right situation. And that's what had happened with Casario. The Texans tried to get him twice and couldn't even interview him. And this time, because of the change in the rules that you can't hold somebody back who's under contract for a promotion, that's how they finally got him. And so I thought the Casario deal was a really good one. Maybe it'll backfire and it'll be terrible. But uh, based on everything I've heard and read, people think he's going to be a good GM. So I don't think it was him per se. I think Watson, they said he was upset. He had to find out on social media. But when a player wants to be traded and is willing to risk millions and millions, it runs a whole lot deeper Mm -hmm. than having to find out who your new GM was on social media. Yeah, it can't can't just be one thing. Like you said, it can't just be the fact that – he wasn't told or involved in the hiring of a GM. I know they went to search firm, right? They for the GM, and you know he wasn't. He didn't feel he was involved. It has to be deeper. It can't just be something where he wasn't the guy who didn't have his input. The when the trust issues come into play, and it seems like right, that's what the Watson rumor is. He doesn't trust the front office, or he doesn't trust the ownership. He doesn't trust owner Cal McNair, and he doesn't trust yeah, Jack. How do you come back on that? You can't it's say so he doesn't possible. trust the GM and the coach. Yeah. The, to me, the GM and the coach are much more, much more important. Yeah. Jack used to be doesn't have anything to do with what goes on on the field. And the owner, he knows this. He gives him money, like he gave Watson, and he stays out of it. So, if you don't have, a, if you have a problem with the owner and the executive VP of football ops, that's not going to affect what happens on the field, like a general manager and a head coach. But so far, he has not responded to their request to talk to him. John, last question here, and then uh, we'll wrap up. And we really appreciate your time. Again, everyone, this is John McClain, historic Texans NFL reporter now for how many years, John? 30 years? This will be the 45th year covering the Oh, my God, 45. <laughs> Longer Jeez, than we've been man. alive. You, well, you look good, man. You look young. It looks like you got a tan, too. I, I, I'm coming down to Houston, by the way. I can do this anytime you guys want. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So last question of the night. If you're running the Texans and Deshaun is out, let's just say you have to get rid of him, what is the best scenario for Houston Texans fans? What do you want in return? You'd you'd want this, I guess, let's say the Jets pick and you draft who? Like what would you do or what's like an ideal situation for Texans fans? I call Joe Douglas and I say, Joe. You want to solve your quarterback problem for 10 to 15 years? Of course, Joe would say yes. Well, Joe, it's going to hurt. And you've been around long enough to know you can make up 
draft choices, but you can't get a quarterback like this. And I would insist on uh, – I would start asking for two, two ones the next two years and a couple of defensive players, starting with Quentin Williams. And I know Marcus may have to be signed to a new contract, but take a couple of defensive starters because the Texans' defense is horrible. And and then I would draft the best quarterback, like especially for Zach Wilson from BYU, and start to rebuild, and uh, and just be up to up open about it. We did everything we possibly could to keep Deshaun, and we're convinced that he was not going to play here again. So we're got to we think what is a fair deal, but it's going to be hard for a GM to give that up uh, because. Like I said earlier, it's got to be the most lopsided trade on paper we've ever seen. But you'd be getting a player that nobody's ever had a chance to get one like him at 25 years old. Well, hey, man, that that was just great insight. And, um, again, we really, really appreciate you coming on. Nick has been talking about you now for the last few weeks. Every <laughs> night he texts me about you, and I'm like – Nick, like, go, go to Houston and hang out with this guy, please. Like, you want to talk to him so big. He, he likes talking to you more than me, and I'm his business partner. Can you believe that? No, Unbelievable. Guys, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs>